Alright everybody, welcome back to Channel 79 Podcast Network. Once again, Vincent T. coming at you Wednesday night, end of August. Um, nothing super major going on, fight's over, we got some current events, we got some fancy football stuff, college football stuff. Um... There's a little bit of down period now between, or before football starts. Thrones is over, no football. Well, for a week, I guess, college football starts this weekend. Most of, most of the team, so. Not too big of a law, so that's a, always a good thing. Yep. Um, there's some ever-present NBA news, uh, some NFL releases and trades and fun stuff like that and that's about it we'll hit on a little bit of everything here uh, should be a nice easy episode for everybody and uh, next week I guess will be the well next week is that the week before NFL starts yep next Tuesday is NFL, er, next Thursday is the first game it's Patriots and the Chiefs Alright, so we'll get something out before that. A little NFL preview. And we'll be off and running in the NFL season. Yep. Alright, so I guess we'll wrap up the big news of last week. The Mayweather-McGregor fight. Uh, shout out to Jeremy for uh, our viewing opportunity of that fight after the wedding. Shout out to Joe and Cassie too, getting married. Yeah. Good time for sure. Yeah, I got knocked down a couple times, but, you know. That's right, you got back, got up. back up. Re- ref- referee didn't stop it. No, no, he's. The, the floor got the best of me, the dance floor. That's alright. No three knockdown rule in, uh, on the dance floor. Yeah. So that was a good time. Jeremy brought the fight out there at the end. A little bit of technical difficulties. Um. But we got it there eventually. Yeah. Um, so obviously everybody knows the outcome of that uh, TKO stoppage in the tenth by Mayweather, which um, nothing real surprising there. Um, I'd like to watch it again. I wasn't in a great state of mind as the fight was going on. It was late at night. Open bar was getting the best of me at that point, so. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty entertaining fight from what I remember, too. I mean, it was, like you said, a little early on. We had some technical difficulties, but, <laughs> you know, the rounds that we've seen, I think we've seen the end of the round three through through when it, you know, it ultimately ended. Um, it was definitely one of the better fights, better boxing matches that I've seen in a while. Yeah, it's definitely entertaining as far as entertainment value goes. <clears throat> Connor did his thing early. Floyd, you know, solved the puzzle and then uh, piece by piece filled it in and, and got and completed the puzzle in the tenth round there. So nothing, nothing crazy happened. Um, it was like you said, it was entertaining. It was uh, entertainment value was there. Everything. I mean, nothing. I mean, really, there's no negatives really for anybody involved. Nope. No, I think. I think it's kind of like what we talked about last week where like if anybody 
if if Connor, you know, after the after the Triple G Canelo fight, if any one of those wants to call Connor out, like they have, a, you know, Connor has a leg to stand on to say, you know, maybe I should fight another boxing match, even though Dana has come out and said that he won't, he doesn't want to uh, approve another one. But I mean, once you see the once you see the zeros on that check, it'll be hard to, um, <clears throat> you know, pull back. And and I don't know how. I, I haven't heard anything from really Connor to say that he's interested right away. But I mean, you never know. Yeah, I think uh, the end of this uh, boxing conversation will be what's next for Connor. But as far as that fight goes, I mean, Connor showed some boxing skill. He didn't, you know, didn't. Look, I mean, he only had what six weeks of training, if six weeks. So he he uh, showed he he has boxing skill that is can be developed. I mean, if we're gonna be realistic, he didn't have. I mean, no no time's gonna be enough time to prepare for Floyd, no matter who you are. So right. I think he made the most of his time and and had a game plan and went with it. And Floyd just was Floyd, and that was of the story of the match there. But yeah, you're right. I mean if if those one of the if the winner of that fight does call out Connor, it's not a there, I mean there is substance behind it. I mean he did he mm -hmm. he did one definitely won rounds, definitely showed some things there and if you give him, you know, a year or six months to prepare for a boxing match, I think he would he'd figure out the cardio, I think he would figure out their skill sets and I think he would put on another good show. So that is an interesting thing, but um, I don't know if you saw what Dana said the pay-per-view number was. Did you see that? No, I didn't. I guess Uri it was on like Uriah Faber's like, Instagram or something. He was talking to Dana, and Dana said it was 6.5 million buys. That's a lot of money. Yeah, so uh, for... Uh, like for comparison, Pacquiao Mayweather was four point three, and they were selling it at a hundred dollars. Yeah, I think that was like like five dollars more than Pacquiao Mayweather. Yeah. So that if that's true, I mean it, that's coming from Dana, so you don't know. But if that's true, that's the highest pay per view of all time by far. I mean, no one's going to touch that. No. Yeah. The, I mean, it's kind of interesting we don't have to get into this that far but I kind of liken uh, what Floyd has done to boxing what like Tiger did for golf when like he brought it you know there wasn't a ton of money in golf and then Tiger this up-and-comer um, you know starts creating all this money and generating all this TV money for golf well, Floyd, even though he's not a young golfer and, you know, a young, exciting fighter, he's really the first person to leverage um, social media and media in, in general to bring pr big profits to a sport that, you know, some would argue is a dying sport. And I think some people would, you know, make that same argument for golf before Tiger Woods got there. You know, it was kind of a old white man sport and there wasn't a lot of you know <clears throat> people sitting around TVs on Sunday watching golf before Tiger and I think if Connor and 
and Mayweather can continue this. Now Mayweather is out of the picture a little bit, but if can, if Connor could continue this with Canelo or Triple G, you know they might just be the driving force behind, um, you know, bringing another sport along. So it's, it, to me, it was kind of in, I, when I was thinking about that. It's like, oh, that's you know, that's kind of interesting that um, <clears throat> a dying sport can be sort of brought back to life. Now, this was a one-off thing, so it's hard to see if they, it's hard to imagine they can maintain this sort of hype, but if anybody could do it, it you know, don't you think it, it would be Connor? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, Floyd is the, uh, the trailblazer as far as uh, the promoting and all that goes, but this, this matchup was a, uh, you know, a, a, a diamond in the diamond in the rough as far as boxing goes, because for, or Mayweather Pacquiao was a, the big hit was previ previously the biggest pay per view of all time, and yeah. then Floyd had a couple fights after that, and I think his his last fight only sold like three hundred thousand. So Floyd versus Boxer X isn't a isn't is, is is a big draw for boxing, but isn't a big isn't the biggest draw of all time. But you put Connor in there. You put his marketing team behind it. You put UFC's marketing team behind it, and it's the biggest pay-per-view of all time. Right. Now, to replicate that is going to be tough without Floyd. You know, in boxing or in UFC, whichever it is, it's going to be tough. But I mean, I think I mentioned this before. It's kind of like LeBron, you know, laying out the blueprint as far as being a free agent goes in the NBA. Connor can take some take some of Floyd's blueprint and and put it into his his stuff going forward. Yeah, but I think they're going to start leveraging that. I think he, well, I think Connor will start leveraging that, right? Once you prove, yeah. you know, once you prove that you don't need a certain brand like UFC or, you know, like Mayweather proved that he can be his own, you know, promotion and hype man, once you sort of prove that you're the superstar and the talent to draw in people, then you can start to do those things. And I think Connor's at that level now where he can kind of call his own shots now if he's you know if he starts calling his own shots and then goes on a bit of a losing streak you know all that goes away but at this point i mean he could literally pro you know do anything or fight anybody and people would come to see it yeah he's definitely a uh, a way bigger star than he was before the fight i just want to go back to like they they got that big pay per view number, which is uh, it shows it shows boxers that that big number is there because they're not getting big big numbers either. I think uh, Lomachenko is like in the boxing world, it's like supposed to be the best pound for pound at this point, and his last fight was only 125,000 buys. Yeah. And uh, Triple G Canelo, I mean that's going to be a good measuring stick to see where the actual state of boxing is compared to a super fight, you know, between Conor and Floyd. So that's going to be interesting to see what those numbers bring in. And it's going to be interesting to see how many people follow Conor back to a UFC card, if, if that is the move we make. Yep. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, just trying to get it back to, we, I mean, we got a little bit off, off track there, but, <laughs> um, getting back to the fight though, uh, I was reading the other day that Mayweather was actually winning that fight pretty handedly, and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too on the scorecard. You mean? 
Yeah, on the scorecards, he was, and then, but I was like, when I when I read that, I was kind of shocked because it didn't seem like he was winning by that much going into the tenth round. I mean, I thought maybe, at, I thought maybe at best he was, you know, six to three, yeah, but yeah, more I like a, yeah. I had a five to four Floyd after nine. Yeah, so did I. That's why I'm saying like best it could be six to three, but. The way some of those judges scored was F Floyd won all rounds but one. Yeah, so just some backstory. Um, two of the judges had it after nine. Had it. Two of the judges had Connor win the first round and Floyd win the next eight, which mm -hmm. is, uh, I mean, just that's wrong. There's no, nothing to say about other than that's just wrong. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean, the the best. I mean. The best Floyd was on the card after nine would have been six six to three. Connor won the first three rounds easy, in my book, and I think he mm -hmm. stole round eight. I think they I think he was the one he stole, and then stopped in ten obviously. But I had it five four Floyd after after the nine. But yeah, it's uh, I, I actually wrote that down. Referee scorecards. It was uh, definitely some home home cooking for Floyd on the, on the referee cards. Yeah, and the, the article I read, they did like their own scoring, and they, they scored it. They scored the first round to Mayweather, um, but then they scored the next two to McGregor, and then the next, you know, three or the next four. I'm sorry to Mayweather, and then eight to McGregor, and then nine and ten to Mayweather. So, I mean, there's there's obviously variations in the way that everybody scored it but <clears throat> in my opinion Mayweather didn't do enough to win those rounds and it kind of just gets back to the point that I try to make in <clears throat> obviously I'm obviously I'm not a judge but if you're the if you're the boxer you should be you should be decidedly beating the non-boxer that's your business and yeah. I, I didn't think through the first eight rounds, I didn't think that Mayweather decidedly beat Connor in really any of the rounds. Now, you know, he did win a couple, you know, pretty decidedly, but overall, when you looked at the first eight rounds, I couldn't tell the difference between who was winning and who was losing. And to me, that, you know, that doesn't bode well. If I was a judge, that wouldn't bode well for Mayweather. You know, he's the guy who should be out there. Um, dominating. Now I know he's a point fighter, but he was letting McGregor land on him. And yeah, McGregor, de McGregor <clears throat> definitely in the first couple rounds. I mean, McGregor definitely landed some shots. Mm -hmm. You know, his his movement was was good. His his angles were good in the in the thing. And then, oh, and McGregor even said, um, McGregor said Mayweather made three changes throughout the throughout the first couple rounds. He came out straight boxing. And McGregor's awkward style forced him out of straight boxing, and then he went to the ropes, which Floyd does time and time again. And then McGregor's had a strategy for that, which is you know uh, wear down the body, break down the break down the guard, and get get to the head. And then Floyd switched again to that me Mexican Mexican style boxing of just going into a shell, closing the distance, and then just popping in them, them early shots. And that's what he said. He didn't anticipate three. Um, three strategy changes in such a short amount of time. 
And yeah. I mean, you really, I mean, what do you, I mean, you really can't expect him to be in, you know, his first professional boxing match. Yeah, no, yeah. I just think that that also just shows sort of the range <clears throat> that Floyd Mayweather has as a boxer, right? He's typically, yeah, oh, for sure. For sure. <clears throat> you know, he's typically only one style, as as most people, as most boxers are. I mean, you go with a style that gives you wins. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I just thought it was interesting that the scorecards were the way they were by the official judges. I mean, to me, I thought they got them wrong. I mean, the one guy had what was it, eighty-seven, eighty-three was the lowest one, and that's even wrong. <laughs> so. Yeah, or at I least mean, wrong I, I in my opinion. I don't pretend to be a uh, boxing judge, but just 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 I had it five to four, um, six to three would have, would have been fine too, I think. And then and then as far as the end of the fight goes, I don't know how you saw it, but I just think Connor uh, was gassed. I don't think he I don't think his head was shook or anything. I just think he ran out of energy there, and and that's what the ultimate uh, the ultimate demise of of Connor. Yeah, I think part of me feels like the ref in that situation wanted to be really cautious of the non-boxer, yeah, so to speak. Oh, because hundred percent played into yeah. Because like I, I feel like if it were the other way around, he would have let Floyd at least go to the mat and yep, try to get up from a ten count. Yeah. So so just from that perspective, it's I, I'm a little bit bummed because. I mean, I think I think Connor was okay with. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be okay with the fight being stopped. But in my opinion, like just let him go down, and then if he can't get up, whatever. But don't end it that way. And the only reason I'm bummed out about it, like I said, is because I feel like if the roles were reversed, that ref definitely would have let Floyd go down and try to stand up for the ten count. Yeah, I, I definitely think you're right. I definitely think he was uh, overprotective of of Connor being it. I'm sure he got. I'm sure the commission told him, you know, if he's in any kind of trouble, we don't want any kind of bad situation on our hands. So step in if you need to step in. I'm sure he got corrections. Right. But you're right. Um, I would have liked. I mean, I I definitely would have liked to seen it go to to the final bell. That would have been a win for. For Connor's side, for sure. I mean, he didn't doesn't come out of looking bad, regardless. But yeah, um, that would have been would have been a big check mark on, on the plus side of things. But even in Connor's post fight press conference and all that stuff, he didn't. You know, he wasn't pissed at the ref or anything. He understood why. He de- he definitely would have liked to, uh, you know, go out on his on his shield, if you want to put it like that. You know, not go out. Yeah. But it was definitely an entertaining fight. Um, lived up definitely lived up to the hype I think you know no nobody came out of it looking looking bad Floyd can go off and promote his guys now and Connor and I guess we'll talk about that you know what's next for Connor um, yeah in UFC I think he wants the Diaz trilogy at 155 whether that's for the belt or not that's probably up in the air and he does say he wants to you know go back and forth between boxing and UFC, so that'll be an interesting thing to to look forward to. I know the Pauli Ma- Malaginagi is uh, angling for a, a fight with Connor, but I am personally not interested in seeing that just because I'm not a fan of, of Pauli after the, the strings he pulled 
in the lead up to the fight, but I mean, he, he's trying to get a fight, so you can see where that's trying to get that the payday of Connor, so you can see where he's coming from. But yeah, well, he he did say he would do it all of, all or nothing, um, which is which kind of oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, which kind of gives it a well, little well, bit interesting storyline. Well, Floyd also said he'll fight Connor and Octagon after this, and you know not, that's not going to happen. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as the as far as UFC, um, unfortunately, I don't think he's got a match. I mean, he just, he doesn't have a solid competitor down there, or or over at UFC, and unless he does do a Diaz three, but I don't see Nate Diaz wanting to drop to one fifty five. I just I don't think that he's going to be into that, and the Diaz brothers are notorious for. You know, not even cu- not even taking calls from the UFC. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I think uh, Nate said after the last counter fight, he's not even picking up the phone for ten million. Which yeah. is only way only way he's gonna he's gonna get that is is a counter fight for the title at one fifty five. Right. Connor's not gonna fight him at one seventy again. He, that's too too big of a weight for him. Um, so it's gonna be at one fifty five, and that's I mean that's it for Connor one fifty five unless he takes on. That interim interim fight title there, which uh, it's Ferguson and Lee, right? I think so. Yeah, so Tony Ferguson would be an interesting matchup, but I don't think that does big pay per view numbers other than just the fact that Connor's in, and him versus Lee doesn't bring in any pay per view numbers other than Connor for sure. And he's not going down to 145. I don't think he wants to make that weight cut anymore. Uh, 145, sorry. I don't think he wants to make that weight anymore. So yeah, so it's tough for sure. The ultimate issue is he just doesn't have. There, there's nobody else around him, even even below or above him in weight, that makes for an interesting fight, except for maybe Diaz. But like you said, I mean, like we said, Diaz isn't going to drop down, and Connor's not going to come up. I mean. <laughs> So I don't know. I'm struggling to even think of another pl- another fighter that would make sense for Connor. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't see anything except. I mean, Connor has has enough money now that he doesn't need to fight. So it's gonna need. It's gonna have to be something that gets him motivated to go to the gym. <clears throat> you know, eight hours a day and train again and cut the weight down again. And, yeah. And that kind of stuff. So it's uh, well, I mean, the only the only thing I see there is, is a Diaz trilogy because that's going to bring in that's going to be the highest you know highest pay per view buys of a, of a UFC fight ever. I think their last two are are one and three. I think. Yeah. So that's going to be it really, and then um, it might be it after that. He might uh, you know just use his McGregor Sports and Entertainment and <clears throat> and you know. And uh, get a piece of the pie of the UFC and, and sit next to Dana in the, in the offices. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I mean, they have... I'm just looking at UFC now. They have Nate Diaz ranked as a lightweight, but he's still 170. I mean, unless he... Unless he... And I missed it. And he said something, like he wants to be a lightweight, but... <clears throat> I just I don't, don't know. S- I think he... I think he fought there before, but I don't know how long it's been. Yeah. 
don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. really and know welterweight's too heavy. I mean, 15 pounds is a lot. So. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much... Connor doesn't have to cut a lot of weight to get to that. Yeah. I think, we, I think he looks the best at 155, so I think that's where he'll settle in if he does decide to settle in somewhere. So. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's a couple... If, if somebody like... Um, you know, Frankie Edgar or somebody wanted to jump up to 155. I guess that could be kind of interesting, but he's on a path right now to take on the featherweight, to be the featherweight champion, so he's not going to do that until he either wins or loses that fight. <clears throat> Frankie's a little, er, he's a little guy too, though. Yeah. <clears throat> he'd be a real small one, he'd be a real small 155 or for sure. Um, but shout out to Frankie from the U. Yeah, it'll just be. I guess it'll be. I guess it'll be interesting to see who they put in there, unless there's somebody we're not thinking about that's, you know, non UFC that's in Bellator or something. But. <clears throat> uh, I, I don't. I don't see anything. So it'll definitely be an, uh, an interesting fall and winter for. Uh, for Colin in the UFC to figure something out there and uh, yeah. so yeah we'll keep an eye on that and uh, that's pretty much it for that side of things unless you've got something no I mean the final final word would just be it really doesn't at the end of the day it doesn't matter who they put in against Connor if Connor's headlining a fight or headlining a pay-per-view people are going to watch it's just as simple as that yeah and um and they need Connor. He's the only star on the roster right now, really. Well, yeah. Now that John Jones is now that Jones, I mean, you have Connor, you have your heavyweight champion who's not a draw. You have. Um, I mean, if you want to go through it, you have Mighty Mouse who's not a draw. Mighty Mouse is the flyweight, not really a draw. Jose Aldo is the other champion who nobody cares about anymore since Connor ran through him. Max Holloway is the featherweight champ. Oh, Max Holloway. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry. The, I mean, Garbrandt, Cruz, and Ban the bantamweight is the most exciting weight class. Yeah, okay, so that's... But they're not going to sell... No, no, they're not. It's just... Not yet, but yeah, that's definitely the strongest class for sure. Yep. And, and what, DC is going to be the champ up there again, you know, a good chance, and he sells okay numbers, but... There's no one to match up with them up there anymore now, and that's that's gonna be you know gonna be a good pay-per-view um, addition to him. So that's a tough one too. Yeah, sadly the UFC is in need of an injection of talent. And then you have uh, the women. Nunez is is a good fighter, but she's not a draw. And then Joanna is. One of my favorite fighters, but as of right now, she's not a huge star. I mean, she has potential to be, but it's almost—it's almost a little bit of uh, Connor's too big of a star. I mean, without him, all those other champions look like stars. Yeah, that's true. That's a good way to think about it. You know, if 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 there was no if there was no such thing as Connor McGregor, we would be excited about some of these champions. Or it has to be Garbrandt would be. Right. Yeah. 
don't know, but they're in a tough situation as far as UFC goes. So I know I texted you earlier that the cards coming up are not very good. So no, that's unfortunate for them. They have the uh, Madison Square Garden card in November that they're supposed to be juicing up. So we'll see how that comes to fruition. And they have the new women's 125 class. Yep. Which uh, unfortunately a champ will be crowned from Ultimate Fighter, which isn't going to be a draw until Yoana decides to come up and, and take that belt as well. Yeah. So that's it as far as uh, UFC's in a tough spot and Connor is uh, the machine that's running everything so it's uh, all dependent on him now so they're going to have to cater to <laughs> every need of Connor for sure Yep. so that's it we can move on to uh, all the current events of the past week um I guess we can start with save Kyrie trade player. We'll start with Joe Hayden. Got cut by the Browns today, and within hours was signed by the Steelers. Yep. Um, I know he kind of fell off uh, fell off a cliff as far as production goes, but I, I got to imagine as far as the Steelers secondary goes, he is a major upgrade for them. Yeah, he was. Uh, was he drafted in 2010? I think. And then he was a two two time Pro Bowler, but that was like three years ago. So maybe just a new system would be good for maybe him. Maybe or, or yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I saw like whatever his his down year was, whenever the, the downward spiral happened, like targets to his receivers was almost a perfect passer rating the whole season. That's pretty bad. Yeah, so he is. Uh, he was. He definitely was in. The, you know, he was definitely in the conversation as, as, you know, a shutdown corner. And now he's uh, not even close anymore. But like I said, I don't think the Steelers had any anybody of that caliber in the last, you know, couple of years for sure. So maybe he'll have a new motivation. You know, rejuvenation up down there in Pittsburgh, and he can help them out a little bit. So we'll see. We'll see what can happen there. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's still young. He's still only twenty-eight, so he's got time. Um, yeah, if he can figure it out. But yeah, he's he was picked up by. He's picked up by Pittsburgh today for three-year, twenty-seven million dollar deal. Yeah, seven mil for this season. I think the Browns are liable for four million of that so i mean if you're the steelers what you know what the heck yeah it makes sense from the browns perspective though like they just, they have so much youth and and young talent there that you might as well just cut cords now and you know whether that means getting pepper you know jabril peppers more opportunity at corner or maybe even at nickel corner because they're going to move somebody else out outside you know, so kind of from that perspective, from the Browns, if if you're not getting produ- production out of the guy, then let all those draft picks that you've picked up and young guys that you've <clears throat> collected over the last, you know, one or two years and just give them a chance to go out there and, and prove that they deserve a roster spot. Yeah, it definitely makes sense as far as the Browns go because they're, uh, they're they brought, I know they brought in a lot of, 
like basketball analytical guys is trying to bring that mindset over to the NFL. So it definitely makes sense from that point of view, you know, kind of like a money ball thing. And, you know, get, like you said, get Peppers and some other young guys a chance to figure it out. And, uh, you know, just go through the draft. They got a ton of draft picks next year. So, you know, if they can draft good, they have some potential. And they're starting the rookie quarterback. So they're kind of going all in for the future. So why not, you know, um, cut a big contract like that and go to the future as soon as you can. Yep. Um, I, I saw, I mean, there's, there was too many to mention, but there's a ton of, of names being floated around as far as NFL, you know, trades and cuts coming up. So keep an eye on that. You know, some, some big names, not super big names, but some names you'll, you'll hear of will probably be traded or, or cut, you know, and, and coming up when, when final rosters need to be trimmed down to 53. So that'll be just a thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, there is, um, I don't know if you heard or seen these, but, um, you know, the Eagles, every other day it feels like I read something that the Eagles are going to cut uh, LeGarrette Blunt, and then, like, the next day the yeah. coach is saying, oh, he's, you know, he's going to be a big part of the offense, and then it's like, the next day is like, oh, but Wendell Smallwood looked so much better than Blunt, you know, it's just hard to nail down what some of these, and then even from, like, the, the Bills side of it, like, I've heard uh, McCoy trade rumors for the last couple of days so this is the time this is probably the most exciting time in the NFL that you know for, in terms of trades and stuff because you never know when something's gonna pop up uh, right before the season starts so um, no, there's not a lot of blockbuster trades during the season so this is kind of like the last chance for NFL teams to, you know, reset their roster and, and improve in areas that they think they need to improve on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, with with the cuts coming in, you're going to hear names out there that, you know, these guys are either going to they're going to be on the trade block, so they can either get a draft pick for them without cutting them. And if they can't get a trade done, these guys will be cut and be switching teams and. So there'll be a lot of movement going on the next couple of days here in the NFL after the last preseason game when cuts need to be finalized and moving around and signing some new deals and, you know, a couple of days of craziness will be happening in the NFL before the regular season kicks off. Yeah. Um, I think the only big news injury-wise was... <clears throat> Um, Spencer Ware uh, tore his ACL or PCL. I don't think we, don't think we hit on Edelman either. Oh yeah, that's right, Edelman. Uh, he's yeah. he's out for the season, right? Yeah, ACL, I believe. I, I don't know if they ever really. Patriots don't really release that kind of information, but yeah, I mean, you just gotta assume that it's a, he's done for the season. So luckily, they got Cooks in in the off season. They have. Uh, Chris Hogan, who was a pretty big guy, pretty big deal last year. Um, Amendola could play that role if if they need to get down that low, and Gronk is healthy as of now, so that's a plus for them. So yeah, definitely gonna hurt. I mean, that's like, I mean, he had pr probably had close to 100 catches the last couple of years. So yep, 
and just his chemistry with Brady is going to be tough to produce. But I mean, you got to think the Patriots—they always just next man up and keep the wheels turning up there, in New England. So yeah, exactly. But Spencer Ware, what's he? How long is he out? He's done for the season. Oh, oh okay. And that's the Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs running back. So who? I don't know who's up next. Uh, Kareem Hunt, they're the guy they drafted in the third round, I think, is probably going to be the workhorse for them this year. All right, so they'll probably be a probably be a committee there, I would imagine. Tough to give a, a rookie uh, hand the keys over to a rookie, you know, every every down and every game. So yeah, I mean, they still have Sharkhandrick West there, so yeah. I'm sure he'll take some of the workload, but. I would definitely look for uh, Kareem Hunt to be the main guy. Uh, C.J. Spiller is there too, actually. Um, yeah, that's an opportunity for him. I I was high on him out of Clemson, but for some reason it didn't work out there in Buffalo. So maybe he can make it work out there in uh, Andy Reid's offense. Those Clemson guys can't go to Buffalo. Watkins, C.J. Spiller. Yeah, that's tough. Good thing Watson didn't go up there. Yeah. He probably should have, but could have for sure. I like Tyrod though, but I heard him him his name was being thrown around too for trades and stuff. Well, coming from a Bills family, they are very high on Nate Peterman, who was the you know he was Pitt's quarterback last year. Um, so he's a rookie this I year. Think, I don't know if Nate Peterman's gonna win you a playoff game. No, I don't. I don't either, but. You know them bills. They're looking for. I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily think Tyrod Taylor will either. But um, that'll make it fun, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, he would definitely make it fun. That is for sure. <laughs> it's like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's this, some strange quarterback. It's like McCown starting for the Jets. Right. For some reason. I mean, why not throw one of your rookies out there? Or not rookies anymore. But why not throw one of your young guys out there in a lost season anyway and see what they can do for you? Yeah, well, that that would just be my point on the Bills. Yeah. You know, you might as well just throw Peterman out and see what... Because you're going to have to draft a quarterback first round next year if you don't. Yeah, that's true. Might as well give him a chance to prove himself, and then maybe you can save yourself a first-round draft pick next year. Or if he plays decently well, you could trade him for a, yeah. a decent pick or a, another piece you need. And yep. Yeah, I don't know. Quarterbacks are a... Uh, a strange, uh, I don't know, strange occurrences in, in the land of quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are like the the White Walkers and <laughs> drones. Yeah, the bad quarterbacks uh, are. Yeah. <clears throat> then you got like, well, then you got like Brady just sniping dragons out of the sky. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so that's it for the NFL, real NFL, anyway. You got anything else? Nope. All right. We'll hit fantasy later in the show. And the um, only thing I got before that is, and before college football, or preview action of that, too, I got the Kyrie Irving trade to Boston has been finalized uh, just a, probably about an hour ago. It is Kyrie for Crowder, Isaiah Thomas, the Nets' first-round pick, 
and Miami's 2020 second round pick. So they got a little bit more compensation for Kyrie at the end there because there was some question marks about Isaiah Thomas's hip healthiness after a physical. But, I mean, it must not have been too bad because second round picks are basically nothing. So. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think. Couldn't have, been, couldn't have been too bad. No. I think that my own personal opinion is it's a little bit bullcrap that they even had to give up more um, more assets to get that deal done because everyone knew Isaiah had this hip issue. Like, I, like even I knew he had a hip, hip issue. So, like, <laughs> yeah. to me, it's just like, I don't, I, I don't want to say it's bad business on the Cavs' part, but it's just kind of like dumb business because you know going in that he has a hip issue. He had it in the playoffs. Like, against your team <laughs> so yeah I, sure. I don't know and he's coming out he's coming out saying that he's not uh unhealthy you know Isaiah's saying that so I mean obviously yeah. that's the player so to you know take it with a grain of salt but to me <clears throat> it just feels like it's a little bit of bad business for the Cavs to go back and say oh you know we don't want the trade because uh you know he's he's got a bad hip when you've known the whole time that he has a bad hip. Now, you might not have exactly known the extent of the injury, but I don't know. To me, it just it, it feels like it's a little bit of bad business for, for them to go back to the Celtics and ask for more compensation to get the deal done. Yeah, I'm not too sure, like, as far as precedent goes, as far if that's, like, a... I don't, you know, if that's a, a normal thing to do or not, but I mean, you got to think the Celtics were. I mean, like I said, it's just a stupid second round pick that the Cavs are probably going to flip with a expiring contract in between those years anyway and get rid of it anyway. So yeah, it's basically useless. The deal is basically the same. Um, I mean, we talked about this the last one. It's, it's I think we're pretty much said that it's a win for both sides and that second round pick doesn't make doesn't swing it either way anyway so I don't see any any importance in, in that pick anyway so nope me neither just just feels like bad business that's all but that's what you expect. yeah I mean it might be it might be I don't know I mean I, don't, I have no idea but. yeah that's just what you expect from Gil from Dan Gilbert at this point yeah well I don't know. I mean, is it? I don't know. I mean, for the Cavs, why not ask for a second-round pick? No, I mean it's it's fine. I mean, yeah, it's they should they should be leveraging. Either side should be leveraging whatever they can to get them better deal. It's just in my opinion, everyone knew about this, including the Cavaliers, unless they just don't know anything, which I guess is possible, knowing their history, but. <laughs> You know, that's just my point. Is everybody in the world knew that that Thomas had a hip injury, so to bring him in and then not clear him, it's like, well, come on, like you knew he did. He he had a hip injury, so that's just that's my only part of it. Is you knew you still made the trade, and then you tried to hold the trade hostage. 
you know to get more compensation which is which is fine but to me it just sounds like bad business practice yeah that's 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 a that's a way to look at it for sure um so that deal's done and that is uh you know that's really about that bring pretty much brings the nba offseason to an end i think they'll report to camps here pretty 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 close to October and get get this thing kicking off for the next year and we'll see how we'll see how the hit plays out. I don't know if he's gonna miss any time. Which uh you know if they do if he does, you know, it's gonna be D Rose at the point. Uh anyway, so you know, hopefully he can stay healthy as well. So that's a bit of a question mark as far as point guards go for Cleveland, but Yeah. I think Boston will Boston will be fine with Kyrie. I think they're going to have a tough time. Not tough. I think just have a... The beginning of the season will be tough as far as figuring out each player. I think there's only a couple players left from last year's roster, so it's going to be, you know, figuring things out for them as far as the beginning of the season goes. And and that's looking like the Eastern Conference Finals matchup, unless Washington can sneak in there. But the deal's done. Kyrie is a Celtic... And like we said before, it's pretty much a uh, a wash as far as a, you know, a winner and a loser goes of the trade. They both made out where they wanted to make out, and they didn't, you know, jeopardize the future or the present either way for either team. So, so that's that. I don't think there's any other NBA news. Nope. Um. So that's it. What do you want to do first, fancy football or college football? Uh, might as well, might as well do college football. All right. What do you got? Um. Well, I figured since we're just, <clears throat> you know, getting into the season, uh, just talk a little bit about the the, the top end teams and um, get some predictions out of us since it's the season starts. Well, actually, technically, it started tonight. I think. Um, some teams played, but yeah, I'm not sure. I know the I know like Michigan and Florida plays this weekend, right? <clears throat> yeah, there's so Michigan Florida plays this weekend, and Florida State Alabama play this weekend, which are two big, uh, obviously two big matchups. Uh, Florida is, or, well, Michigan is ranked 11th. Florida's 17th, I think. Um, in the in the AP, and then Florida State yeah. and Auburn are one and three. Or I'm sorry, Florida State and Alabama are one and three. So a couple, you know, huge primetime games right out of the gate, um, which which we've yeah. seen in the past. Now that um, a lot more emphasis is placed on who you play out of conference. So a lot of these teams like to play a big named school in the first couple weeks, um, and then go into playing the lesser schools until they can, you know, go into their conference schedule. Well, I mean, we say that, and then you have a case like last year with Washington, who didn't play anybody out of <laughs> out of conference and still made the still made the playoffs. So it's a. Uh, I, de- I definitely think it's a good thing to play tough competition because I don't think the committee 
is going to penalize. I don't think the committee will penalize Florida State for losing to Alabama if that's their only loss. You know, it's not going to be a bad thing. But I know with that Michigan-Florida game, Florida has like 10 people suspended Mm -hmm. for that game. So uh, that's the big story out of there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, one in three week one, that's a heck of a game to watch there. I imagine it's Saturday night, so that's a heck of a game to start off with. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking now. I think, yeah, they're the, they're the only two major matchups, I think, during the first week. That's what I thought. That's what I thought too. Yeah, those are the only two that I see their major matchups. Now, a couple others. There could be a couple interesting games like LSU has BYU. Um, <clears throat> that one could get interesting. Uh, I mean, Penn State has Akron. I don't know exactly how interesting that is, but Akron came out and shocked somebody early last year, I think. So you can never. You can never sleep. You can definitely never sleep on these early matchups because, you know, the first week of the year is when teams are still trying to learn how to gel with each other. Yep, or figuring out their depth charts or something like that. So. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you have some of these schools who have, you know, sort of the old saying where you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any, and they're trying <laughs> to use the first, you know, they're trying to use the first game to... Um, really have a good competition to see who should be the starter and so some people get caught <clears throat> you know early trying to play around with that so yeah for sure that happens a lot too yeah you just can't sleep on some of these early matchups so yeah definitely definitely a good opening weekend there um I mean, football is back. There's no more, no better weekend than college football on Saturday and NFL on Sunday. So we're getting close to that time, just another week, and that'll be the the schedule for week to week there going yeah. forward. Um, you just want to give our playoff predictions, or yeah, yep. Um, top what what top four whatever. Yeah, top four. Um, I think. If I'm not mistaken, Alabama. Yeah, so that so the top the top ten are Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State, USC, Clemson, Penn State, Oklahoma, Washington, Wisconsin, and Oklahoma State. Um, I think if I'm if I were a betting man, which I am, uh, I would be betting. I think Alabama's probably going to make it. Um, so I'd put Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and um, <clears throat> uh, uh, what did I say? Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma and USC. Those were my. So I had. I actually picked four of the top ten. Yeah, that's that's a good good four or something. 
I think there's um, I think there's an outside chance um, that teams like Stanford could could end up being up there. They're ranked 14th, um, <clears throat> so they're they're always worth uh, looking out for. And they play they play in an improved Pac-12, but overall it's not the same as the Big uh, Big Ten or SEC. Um, <clears throat> so Stanford who's ranked 14th, could, at the end of the year, be one of those top four teams. Um, and I'll bring them up because they're my team, the Hurricanes. They're actually ranked 18th this year, which is one of their highest ranks <laughs> for a while, you know, in a while. So I'll definitely be rooting them on this year. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yep, and I wouldn't be, I mean, depending on who wins the Michigan-Florida game, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be surprised if the winning team there makes it to the final four. Uh that's kind of a big game early on. Now if now if Florida wins it, they have a little bit lo of a longer shot to make it just because they got to play the SEC schools. But if Michigan can win that uh first game against Florida, that'll give them a nice little uh highlight to play to the committee at the end of the season because they do have a little bit of a week I mean they go from Florida to or from playing Florida which is at a neutral site to playing Cincinnati and then they have Air Force and then they jump right into the conference schedule and they actually do they go to Penn State this year yeah so I mean that's going to be a tough matchup I think they come off of yeah I'm looking at it now they come off of uh, away trip to Indiana and then the very next week they're at Penn State so I mean they're coming off a road trip and then they're gonna go to Penn State I mean that's always that's always a tough task for any team yeah Penn State at night is gonna be tough for Michigan I thought they're coming off a little bye but that's unfortunate that they're you know, coming off of a road trip and then back home and then back out to Penn State for a night game. That'd be tough for sure. So what was your four? Uh, I had Oklahoma, USC, Alabama, and Ohio State. All right, that's a solid No, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's Michigan instead of Ohio State. And I wouldn't really be surprised if that's uh, Stanford instead of USC. <clears throat> I don't think Ohio State and Alabama are are losing at all this year. So, yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll throw my four at you. Um, I'm going to continue my streak of bias picks on the show's history, and I'll go with. Penn State, Alabama, USC, and the Clemson Tigers. That's not a bad group. So that's one, four, five, six. Yeah. Um, I definitely could see Ohio State getting in, even if Penn State gets in. Um, I like USC as long as, what's his name, the quarterback... Darnold stays, yeah. Darnold stays healthy and, and continues his hot streak from the Rose Bowl. And Alabama's Alabama. 
and uh, I don't know why I picked Clemson, but that was my flyer of the four. Yeah, not a bad flyer though. Yeah, you know, well, like I said, I like I said, there's definitely a scenario where uh, I could see Ohio State and Penn State making it, or I mean, I could see a scenario for sure where just Penn State doesn't make it at all. But yeah, definitely my homer pick of the of the week, but should be an interesting uh, what twelve weeks or thirteen weeks coming coming. Yeah, my up. two of my teams play each other there. I didn't notice oh, that. Yeah. Ohio State and Oklahoma play each other. Oh, dang. And then, yeah. So, we'll see, but that's actually week two. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll stick with Ohio State, Oklahoma, USC, and I don't really, I, I don't really want to pick Alabama now. I'm picking Stanford instead of Alabama, so I'm gonna have two Pac-12 teams in there. Nah, that's all right. Cause on, cause on Channel 79, we do what we want. That's right. So, uh, you guys got our four there, and what we can do is, uh, as the season goes along, we'll just update those, and uh, yep. we'll play our our own little committee here, and we'll see if we can, um, you know, match up with the real committee and see where we where we uh, agree and where we disagree on with the actual committee, so that'll be a yeah. fun little weekly experiment for us. Maybe we'll get some guests on to make to come on and pitch themselves as the team, you know, if like USC needs to make a pitch, we'll have like Troy come on as U- as Team USC and try to win us over as the committee. Yeah, that's a sweet idea. We could definitely get that going. Um, Once Troy gets the computer. Yeah. So, the only other thing I wanted to cover is uh, uh, predictions for Heisman. So, I don't know if you had... uh, I'll run through the top ten, sort of based off odds. Um, Darnold is number one. Barkley's actually bumped up to number two. Damn. Um, Mayfield is three. Lamar Jackson, who is the defending champ, I believe... Um, he's number four. JT Barrett's five. Darius Geechee, I think is how you pronounce it. He's the running back for LSU. Bo Scarborough is the Alabama running back. Um, he's number seven. Jalen Hurt. Uh, DeAndre Francois is the new quarterback at Florida State. And then Jake Browning is uh, number nine. He's for Washington. Oh, yeah, I um, The only person I don't see on here is... Was it Luke or Dan? <laughs> yeah, Luke said that guy, from, that quarterback from Wyoming. Yeah. <clears throat> it might have been Dan. I don't, I don't know if it was Luke or Dan. But one of, the t- one of those two uh, brought that guy up, and I don't see him on this. He must be in the field. Yeah. Um, so what's your pick? Um, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield, actually. Right, so quarterback for Oklahoma, which is fitting because they're one of my, uh, they're one of my picks for, to be in the playoff. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely a good pick. He could definitely have a good year. 
so I could see that happening. And for my pick, I'm going to continue my uh, my reputation of biased picks, and I'll pick Barkley. But I could see um, what the hell's his name? Arnold. Darnold. Arnold. Yeah, I mean he's uh, obviously the front runner. So if he, you know, if they go undefeated out there and he has a good year. Heisman says to lose pretty much but I'm picking Barkley just because that's the way I make picks that's f- perfectly fine <laughs> keep it consistent yeah I gotta keep it consistent and it's not a stupid pick no so. he's the second like I said he's yeah. second him and Mayfield are actually tied or even with odds um and if I, but I think Mayfield has a good chance to win I don't think um Lamar Jackson has a good chance to win um you know, based on play, but based on the fact that he already won last year, so. Yeah. I think I if I was, I'm picking Baker Mayfield, but if if I were a betting man, I would actually probably put my money on JT Barrett just because I think that that team's going to run the table and they might even ultimately win it all, which I know doesn't really affect it, but. It's all how it's all about how you look throughout the season. So he. he I would have bet money. It. I would. I mean, if I would have bet money, I'd probably bet on Trace McSorley, Penn State's quarterback, because if they go undefeated and you're, the, and you're the quarterback of an undefeated team, you're probably getting invited, as long as you don't suck real bad. Well, as long as you don't have Barkley on your team, though. Well, the true, that's going to steal votes from you as well. That's obviously uh, always been a problem like with Leinard and Reggie Bush and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, it's not impossible, but I mean, just because just, just the odds he's going to get would be enough, would be worth the bet for sure. Yeah, he's plus 3,300 right now. Mix over Yeah, is. so that's, that's exactly why you bet money on, on him. But... Yeah, I mean, that's always the, you know, that's, what, number two interesting storyline of the college football season. Apart from the games, is, is the Heisman Trophy. So. Yep. Maybe Reggie Bush will get his back this year, and we can all be happy again. Yeah, about that. Yeah, about that. I don't think That's a good segue off of college football, I think. Yeah, just one. Give, Red, one, give one, Reggie a Tizen back. Yeah, one quick note. I just want to, if you were if you were out in Vegas, would you be taking Penn State minus thirty one? Oh, I definitely put money on it. Hundred bucks. They're minus thirty one to Akron. Oh, to cover the spread. To cover the spread, week one. I don't know. That's thirty one's a lot of points. Yeah, I wouldn't. But, I, w- but I probably would just because it's Penn State, but that's a lot of points to be given up. Yeah, it's at. I mean, one. it's at home. But oh, that's What's, okay. We'll, we'll finish it off with spread. What is the spread of Bama FSU, and then we'll finish it off with that. Uh, they are. Well, Western Michigan at USC is minus twenty-seven. Which is an interesting. I mean, that's not as big as Penn State's. 
I'd probably take that before I, I'd be more. I have more faith in them covering that other than Penn State covering thirty-one. You mean USC covering? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alabama is minus seven and a half. Oh shit! All right. And that's at a neutral site field. That's in the new stadium built in January er, in Georgia. Yeah. So I don't know. How did that get kid from Florida State play last year? The quarterback. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't think he did. I'd probably take Bama then. Yeah. No, I would. I would take. I would take Bama in that too. I think just because they don't lose the first game of the year ever, and not that yeah. I mean, not that that doesn't mean they're going to cover necessarily, but I wouldn't bet on them to not cover the first game. <clears throat> yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably take Bama too. And then. Um, <clears throat> the Florida Michigan game is Michigan is minus five and a half. So I'd probably I'd probably take both Michigan and Alabama, even though both teams are giving up points. I'd probably take Michigan too, just because Florida has all those guys suspended. Yeah, I'm actually starting wide. I think they're starting wide receiver and running back are out. I'm at, yeah, I'm actually surprised that they're still taking bets on that game. Yeah, that's true. Well, it might have been off the board like this morning when the suspensions were announced. Yeah. Might have brought it, they might have put it back up. So I guess coming going moving forward for college football, we'll do the we'll do our committee rankings. We'll do some Heisman updates, and we'll do. Uh, Give you some point spreads for the for the marquee games of the week, and and that'll be our college football weekly reports. Sounds good to me. Yep. So now I think that's pretty much everything except fantasy. So we'll give you a uh, couple minutes of fantasy here, and we'll get you out of here to enjoy your long weekend, Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Can't beat that. Yep. So you had you had two fantasy drafts this weekend. Yes, I had uh, Kurtz wearing Kurtz league. Yep. Non PPR, and then I had Troy's league, which is just the standard PPR league. How do you f- and, how, how uh, do you feel like you did in either one of the drafts? I feel like I did good. I um, I'll bring my team. Well, I go. I'll do Kurtz first since that was the first draft. Yeah. Um, I picked. Zeke in both leagues for some reason. It just kind of happened that way. I didn't go into any draft warning him, but it just turned out that I did draft him for some reason. But I have Mariota and Dak in both leagues as well for some reason. I just freaked out like that too. So those are my quarterbacks. Um, Gurley is my running back in Kurt's league. Um... And Zeke, and then I got Rob Kelly from Washington. I got—that's pretty much the only big name there. I got Ingram, and wide receivers. I have AJ Green, Terrell Pryor, Jarvis Landry, and one guy on the bench. 
Yeah. So in that league, I don't know what you do, but I, I have like a good crop of wide receivers, and then I just went like deep rotation on running backs because it's not PPR. So I like to stack up on running backs when I can get them. Yeah, I liked, um, I liked my team a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say it was my favorite team. I think that I have some flaws in it, but I went uh, Devontae Freeman first, and then, and um, I'm good with that. I think that it's hard to go wrong with one of the first players um, picked. He, I had picked six out of ten, and I could have went Odell Beckham, but in a non-PPR, I kind of wanted to just grab a, you know the best running back or the best available running back in my opinion. Um, and I had a little help from Wayne, which turned out to not be helpful because all he did was nag me about my picks. Um, <clears throat> and then I went Dez, second round, and I got, so I kind of alternated. I went running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, because I picked up Demarius in the fourth. And then I think I got a pretty good steal uh, in the fifth there. I, I picked up Alshon Jeffrey. So, <clears throat> I feel pretty good about my team. I got Cam late, so he's my quarterback in that league. Um, <clears throat> and I I also got uh, Matt Stafford late, so I have Cam and Stafford in that league. I like that. Um, Wait, we didn't talk about Stafford's contract. Yeah, yeah, he just got a new contract. He's now the highest paid quarterback until yep. until Kirk Cousins gets his deal. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <clears throat> so... We'll wait to see. I, I doubt the Redskins do anything before the season starts, and I think he's even said he doesn't want anything done if they're not going to do it before this preseason game. So they pretty much have tomorrow to do it because everybody plays tomorrow. So I don't see them getting a deal done this year. And then he'll be an unrestricted – Kirk Cousins will be unrestricted, right, because he's – this is their second yeah, year franchise. Yeah, he'll be able to <clears> – <throat> He'll be able to go anywhere, yep. Yeah, this is his second year being franchised, so... Um, but yeah, getting back to fantasy, I, I, I did like my team, and then the most contentious pick between me and Wayne was I picked Amir Abdullah in the sixth round, and I, I don't think I I don't think he stopped giving me crap for that uh, the whole weekend, so... No, he did. You, you, I think you'll hear it this weekend too. Oh yeah. Well, when I pick him again yeah. this weekend, I'm sure he'll be all over me. So, although this weekend's going to be a little bit interesting, we can get into that. Uh, it's a 14 team league this year. So. Yeah, that'll be a, a deep. Uh, we'll be digging deep. It'll be. It's kind of interesting because. You know, people like I don't know if it was you, or somebody else in Kurt's league. You know, somebody drafted James Conner in like the last last round, and like I don't know, I can see a I can see where he's taken a lot earlier than the last round in a 14 team league, just because you're going to be picking players that are <clears throat> you're kind of banking on their the top guy getting hurt, and he's one of those guys that if Le'Veon Bell goes down, he might not be the main guy, but he's going to be at least a part of a committee, and that's a pretty good offense to be in. 
Yeah, he's one of the upside guys that would be definitely be drafted in, in a deep league, deep in a deeper league like that for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, as far as that first draft in Kirk's league, I, I got, um, I got Gurley, who I really, really wanted, and then the rest of my team isn't terrible, so nothing to complain about in his league. How how'd you do in Troy's? So I did Troy's league. Um, I said I have Mariota again. I have uh, Dak again. I have Ezekiel Elliott again. And then I have uh, drafted Odell in the first round. My running backs are a lot weaker in this league, other than Zeke, if, if he plays, when he plays. I have Isaiah Crowell and C.J. Anderson. And Paul Perkins from the Giants, so it's a little weak as far as running back goes. Yeah. And then for my other wide receivers, I got uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Jarvis Landry again, um, and then just some guys on the bench. But I mean, it's not a. Uh, there's nothing. To, I mean, other than if I if I had one more quality running back, I'd be very happy. But I'm not mad about anybody on my team though. Yeah, I like. I mean, I kind of like Crowell this year. I think he's. I think the Browns are going to be yeah, a little bit better than people are anticipating. Yeah, Crowell's going to be my number one running back for sure. And then I have C.J. Anderson, who could be okay, and I have Paul Perkins, who you know could be okay as well. It's just going to be a matter of hopefully somebody gets hot, and I can just ride the hot hot hand for a couple weeks and figure it out after that. Yeah. Or if Zeke plays, then I'll be in real good shape. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, my... So I had a second draft also that weekend, and Wayne was giving me crap during this one too. <clears throat> and at the end of it, this is on NFL.com, and what's nice is they give you a little draft grade, and they kind of give you a look to see, you know, who you should add and who you should be looking to trade for. And then they, at the very end of their little uh, draft thing, they tell you your percentages of making the playoffs, uh, making the championship game, and winning the championship. So it's kind of like a cool little feature that the NFL.com thing uh, provides that, ESPN doesn't and some of the other sites like Yahoo and CBS don't really do <clears throat> my team oh, shit. and I thought I had a pretty good draft but I opened up with uh, uh, Mike Evans at 6 then I, I got Dez again and I got Demarius again <clears throat> and I got Amir Abdullah again uh, Duke Johnson who I also have in Kurtz League, Stafford, who I have in Kurtz League. So kind of like you, I, I didn't intentionally go in to pick, you know, a same a consistent team across different leagues because obviously there's different rules too, like PPR and non-PPR. Right. But it just kind of seems like the way it fell, I continually was picking players that I was comfortable with, and maybe, you know, having the draft the night before in Kurtz League influence that a little bit but at the end of the day I felt pretty comfortable and in this league you can start four wide receivers 
<clears throat> two wide receivers and two flex. So I opened up with mm-hmm. Mike Evans, Des Bryant, and then in four rounds four and five, I got Demarius and Allen Robinson. So I feel like that. I felt like that was pretty strong. And then I get my draft recap, and my grade was a C. My projected record is two and eleven, and my pro- <laughs> my projected finish is eleven out of twelve. So, so you know, and then it's it goes through and it says uh, things like Derrick Henry was a stretch. I drafted him in the eighth round, seventy eighth overall, and he's uh, going at one eighteen. So I picked him thirty, no forty picks too early apparently. Uh, then they gave me crap for drafting both Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a little, little shock. My chances, my chances of winning the championship this year are 2.8%. <laughs> so, I, I got a lot That's of, uh, improving to do throughout, uh, waiver pickups and stuff like that. Yeah, you got some, some leg work cut out for you there as the season goes along. Yep. <clears throat> so that's our draft of the weekend and then we have I have one tomorrow night um, so I guess next week I'll give you a recap for that and then we have Matt Froze draft Saturday and we need to figure out if we are starting two flex players or not nobody's ever answered my question I think Matt's going to wait and hold that to a vote but my guess is with the amount of people we have that's going to be the format so I would just say go in expecting that we have one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, and two flexes. And it's still going to be a limited bench. So that'll make it interesting throughout the year on who's adding and dropping players, especially in a 14-team league. Yeah, so that's one less starting position compared to my other league. Yeah, one less starting position compared to a normal league, and we have one less, well, one less bench spot in that league compared to normal leagues. <clears throat> so it'll be interesting. And we actually. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it, but I don't really care. No, I would, I would rather keep it how we had it last year, personally, but. I think when we vote on it, people are going to want to keep... They're going to want to have the option of only having to draft one running back. Because if you have to draft two in a 14-team league, you're essentially every single running starting running back is going to get picked as a top one or two pick. You know, Unless you go wide receiver heavy first, you might not get a actual starting running back. I mean, I get it, but I don't no, know. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. When when yeah. it goes to vote, I'm gonna want to keep it two two one flex one tight end. But I just don't see us winning that vote. No, I don't think so either. Um, <clears throat> and it's unclear if we'll still have to draft our starters first. So we'll probably vote. On, I'm sure we will. Yeah, we'll probably vote on that unless Mafro just overrules everybody and says that's how it is. Uh, I don't mind that rule, so that's not a big deal. That rule gives... That rule actually 
gives you a chance to draft two starting running backs because teams can't they can only draft as many as three running backs you know and the, when they're when you have to draft your starters first because the max you can start is three yeah. running backs so yeah. <clears throat> that rule definitely helps in that regard yes yeah, it'll just i mean it'll be different the two flex positions so i'm not too mad about it but yeah I'm with you. I'm on, I'm on your side on this one. Uh, it'll just be, yeah, to me it'll be interesting to see who drafts, because we don't know our draft order. And well, Yeah, and, and who's going to go running back heavy or wide receiver heavy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be crazy. 14 teams, I think. Everybody will be there except for Troy, Don, and Ant. I think uh, if Troy can't make it, I think Luke's going to spill in for him. Yeah, that's fine. Luke's going to golf with us that day anyway, so. Oh, sweet. That's um, cool. <clears throat> yeah, so we'll have, so we'll have at least, we'll have at least twelve people there if Luke fills in for Troy. So Don will be. I don't know if Don will be. I don't know if he has to work or he'll be Skyping in, but I think Ant's Skyping in. And that should be everybody. Yeah, Skyping in sucks. By the way, I did it that one year. It, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. Like people. I mean, people are always paying attention to you on the computer, but it's just not the same as actually being there. So. Yeah, it definitely sucks. See, so we get that Saturday, and we'll. Uh, We'll break that down for everybody next week. And like I said, I have another one tomorrow night. And I have, it's a two-keeper league, so we kept Mike Evans and Todd Gurley. So that's our roster going into tomorrow. It's not a bad start. That's a heck of a start, I think. Yeah. I think I'm going to try to go quarterback early and get to three positions filled up. And go from there. Yep. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be putting I'll be putting my own draft grades together from our fantasy league. Oh, oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna be grading everybody out, and I'll I'll talk about that next week. Who gets? Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, we'll get that going next week. I'll probably do. I'll probably do something where three teams get an A, three teams get a B. Three teams get a C, three teams get a D, and however many left get an F, just to make it nice and easy. But it'll be my own draft grade. It won't be based on anything besides whether or not I like your team or whether or not I like you. <laughs> so. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be cool. So keep an eye out for that, everybody. Fantasy grade coming at you. Next week, we'll have an NFL preview next week wrap up of uh, college football next week and uh, our usual current events for the week as well so yep should be good weeks coming up with football to talk about so definitely tune in to that and if that's all we have for this week we can wrap it up and, and go to bed that's all I got alright everybody thanks for tuning in uh, 
as our, I guess, the summer of Channel 79 comes to an end with football starting um, and college football NFL starting. So the heart of summer is definitely over. We're going into the fall area of the year with football kicking off. So it should be an exciting time here on the podcast with football coming up. Take the majority of our our week with you guys and yeah we'll keep you entertained and keep you up to date on the happenings of of the world but definitely in football here coming up in the fall so thanks for tuning in this week um check out our twitter check out everything we got there follow our links um share the podcast like the podcast on itunes rate us give us five stars um all that kind of fun stuff and we'll be back next week like I said um that's it reach out to us on twitter that's where we'll be and look for tease draft grades coming up next yep. week and I'll put that on the website yeah the wordpress yep. I think the link's on our twitter so just go there that'll be a fun read for everybody and enjoy your Labor Day weekend and we'll be back next week for an NFL um, focused show for sure. So time for bed. Bye. Everybody.